The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the program as we are off and running. The one, the only Caleb Calhoun is here. So as we get off and running, we'll remind you to hit that like and subscribe Welcome button. The and then we'll actually not have some technical difficulties. How about that? Let's get it rolling. Interesting start. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. All right, let's get it off and rolling. My power's been knocked out so many times. I forget I have to reboot everything with this rain and storms and the snow we had. But we're off and rolling now. And we got a big show with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. And on the program today, we're going to talk uh, Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL. Who left their school in a bigger mess? Him, Pete, or a guy named Lane? Also, Alabama adds a five-star. Have we written off the Crimson Tide too soon? Why Tennessee is uniquely positioned for a 12-team playoff under Josh Heupel, and we mean uniquely what to expect out of the Vols' five stars. I wrote that column. We'll get Josh Ward's take on that as well, as Josh will join us each and every Thursday. Look forward to that. Ron Slay will move to Fridays, by the way, guys. He's, it's easier with his SEC schedule. I think he's somewhere flying over some, some uh, 
vacant state somewhere. But anyway, uh, also congrats to Darnell Wright and Byron Young, all rookie teams. And I think that really helps Josh Heupel in getting Tennessee to a program that doesn't have to rely on NIL. And I think they're close to that. And then we'll have the discussion, Todd Helton or Derek Jeter at the end of the program. Also, our poll question is up and I will get to that. Remind you, that's brought to you by our friends at Apex Apparel. You can design, brand, market your way, not just shirts, cups, hats. They will certainly take care of you. It is a today's tough question. I'll tell you more about Apex Apparel before we get this up and running. Today's tough question. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Who has the cooler mascot or fan, if you want to call it that? Is it the Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift? Is it Tennessee with Dolly Parton? Or with the Detroit Lions now making a move, is it Eminem, Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers? All right, I'll ask you, and I know where Caleb's going to go on this, but he might be all by himself. Are you going to go Taylor Swift on me? Believe it or not, in this one, you're going to find this funny. I actually will go the Lions and hear me out why. I think Eminem is the only one who's actually a fan, like a lifelong fan of the team, not because he's dating somebody or not because of publicity. Like, I'm going to be honest, y'all are going to hate me. I don't think Dolly Parton religiously watches Tennessee football games. I, I genuinely don't. Well, she and, should after they couldn't get the audio to work when she was on campus during the game. That was a fiasco. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I think <laughs> we all know Taylor Swift is only there because she's dating Travis Kelty. Eminem is a lifelong Detroit Lions fan. So in that regard, you, you got to go Eminem in that way because he's actually a fan of the team and follows them religiously. And so we might change, we might change this question before long. Everybody's making fun of me. Do- Dolly has 80% of the vote. We have one Eminem vote. Nobody for Taylor Swift yet. And uh, so uh, go ahead and uh, pile on me. By the way, you forgot me. Ashley Judd with Kentucky. That's a good one. Ashley Judd at Kentucky. Now that is a fan. Accidentally creeped her out one time at Rupp Arena. Really? It was, I don't get weird around good looking women, but like she uh she was also short. So I got dumped by a girl when I was a sophomore in high school. So I, I like she was short and I like uh, short women. And I just noticed that uh she was very attractive and I got the look like you're looking at me a little too long. And I'm like, oh I'm sorry. Hit the uh <laughs> like and subscribe button if you haven't done that yet. We greatly appreciate it. It's Dolly, and we already had, uh, 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 I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Smoky Mountain Red. We hadn't seen you in a while. Welcome back. Dolly is the queen. The way she helped the area during the fires was amazing, plus what she has done for kids over the decades. And Oh, that she, book program it, is incredible that she does. It's yeah, incredible. I mean, she, she may not be, you're right, she may not be the biggest fan in the world, but I think at the end of the day, she'd rather Tennessee win over any other team. So hit the like and subscribe button now. Did you see where she uh, did a like a, a Playboy picture front cover for her husband where she was in the original, like, uh, you know, the Marilyn Monroe bunny suit? She redid oh, the she original. did? Yeah, for her birthday present to her husband. I'm just going to tell you. Um, 
I think she's 76 years old, but I don't care. That's hot. Yeah, it was very hot. And speaking of, do you want to see my my picture signed? Uh, it's a I've got a a Playboy uh, picture, a Playboy signed by Hugh Hefner, by the way. Um, maybe I'll be able to pull that out. But let's go ahead and get going here. It may end up being more important than today's tough question, but you can vote on that right now. Let's uh, go Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL. So let's just reset today's tough question. Why don't we do that? We're not afraid to do that. What do we do, Jacob? What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Golly's going to win, so I'm going to change it. Here we go. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. I see if you guys like this one a little bit better. I'll get it up on YouTube in just a moment. Caleb, who left their program in a bigger mess? Was it Jim Harbaugh? Was it Pete Carroll at Southern California? Harbaugh has left to be the head coach of the L.A. Chargers, for those that didn't know. Or was it Lane Kiffin, who left Tennessee after a year? They all have some unique traits to them. Maybe the one common theme is all three of the coaches were cheating at their original job. Uh, but I'll ask you that question. Uh, and again, it's brought to you by our friends at Apex Apparel. They do uh, just everything, not just clothes. Design, brand, market, your way. 15% off. It's right down below. You go to yourapexapparel.com or call Tyler, 865-919-3001. Giveaways, uniforms for your business. Spirit wear, 865-919-3001 or clean code yourapexapparel.com. I'm going to go first, which I rarely do. And I think that it's 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 got to be Pete Carroll because of the how extensive he was cheating. Now, was Lane Kiffin sending hostesses to North Carolina? Yes, he was. And that was going to be an issue. And Tennessee was worried about the NCAA. But you're talking about a whole different level in which Pete Carroll – provided uh, Reggie Bush with like a, a $300,000 house, which at the time was an expensive house, even in the LA area. Um, so to me, it's got to be Pete Carroll because they got the biggest uh, smack on the hand, or they got hammered basically by the NCAA. And I think Michigan will avoid that because the NCAA has no teeth. So I'll say out of those three that Jim Harbaugh left his, his team in the worst situation. And it's kind of wait, wait, you mean Pete Carroll, not Jim Harbaugh. Pete Carroll left his, his team in the worst situation. And I was going to say, it's kind of sad that Jim Harbaugh would do that to his team because it was actually his team that he played for. So what are your thoughts? So I think you and I might actually both agree funny enough with Jim Harbaugh leaving just to get this out of the way, given the situation of the NCAA today, he's the one who left his program in the least bad shape because they're not going to get that serious of a punishment. Would you agree with that, Dave? They're going to keep their national championship. They're not going to get that serious of a punishment, and they're going to be rolling. So Michigan fans will be grateful to Jim Harbaugh because he got them a national championship and kept the pro- program rolling. Yeah, um, and I think you're usually fine with that. Are you fine with going into the doldrums for a couple of years because you win a championship? I think most Tennessee fans and most fans that aren't Alabama or Georgia fans would say, well, take an NCAA investigation even if Michigan does get hit after Harbaugh leaves, and I think they will to some extent, you still got that national championship ring on your hand, right? 
Yeah, as long as you can keep the ring and as long as you don't go on probation, you're fine. So I, I'm going to split the baby here um, for a second, which is that I think Pete Carroll left the USC job in a more undesirable position than any of the three coaches we're talking about. So Lane Kiffin taking over for Pete Carroll took over the most undesirable situation. And here's why that is. Lane Kiffin took over for USC. They get hammered with probation, lose scholarships. And you know this, Dave. The expectations were for Lane Kiffin to just continue what Pete Carroll was doing, weren't they? Yes, the whole time. Yeah, which was super under uh, unfair. Um, I'm going to say still it's, it's Lane Kiffin at Tennessee, though. Because it's not... It's not just the NCAA investigation, which was bad enough. It was the attrition. And there were two, there was three layers to Lane Kiffin's attrition, by the way, that he, I, I know y'all think I'm a duly defender, but he, I mean, I, I'm just going to say what he left duly real quick. It was a team that had gone five and seven and seven to seven and six the previous two years. They, Lane Kiffin, as you know, Dave, you covered this. He kicked off half of Fulmer's roster when he got there because he wanted to make room for his recruits, didn't he? Yes. Then half of those recruits had to get kicked off the team anyway because they were felons. They were criminals. So yes. half of those recruits had to get kicked off. Then on top of that, he took a lot of recruits that he was targeting for Tennessee with him to USC, which hurt Tennessee's class in 2010. So there was three levels that really wrecked the Tennessee, and that doesn't even include the NCAA investigation they were under at the time. Oh, and by the way, when Derek Dooley took over, Tennessee was about to be um, – the SEC was about to be in its deepest in history because this was when Bobby Petrino was rolling at Arkansas and Les Miles was rolling at LSU. Urban Meyer still had it going in Florida and Georgia was about to have a renaissance under Mark Rick. So I think Lane Kiffin left the biggest mess, even though Tennessee didn't go on probation because I think Derek Dooley had a, I, I'm going to be honest, that 2010 roster, you can call me crazy, Dave. I don't think that 2010 roster was capable of eight wins playing in the ACC that year. That was a bad football team. So if you have Kiffin number one, and that's probably the right answer now that I think about it, because you have two churns of a recruiting uh, recruiting class, both before he came and after. So that's probably the right one. And that's pretty much unheard of to leave after a year. But if you were to make an argument for one of the others, would it be Carol that's right behind or would it be Harbaugh? Because you have a situation in which, you have players that are able to transfer and you have NIL. So it's, it's a different setup than when Pete Carroll left, he left and was out the door. Wasn't going to suffer any of the punishment Southern California did. Um, that's going to be the same for Harbaugh, but I would think just in terms of his departure alone, no matter what the NCAA does, that they're going to lose as many or more players than Southern California did when Pete Carroll left. Right. Yeah, but that, what we're learning now, and we're learning this pretty quickly, and we should have learned this 15 years ago. You can suffer one bad recruiting class, and you can suffer a transition recruiting class as long as you, as long as it's only one. If it's only one, you can you can overcome it. You can't overcome back to back like Tennessee did, but you can overcome one. I think Harbaugh. I think Pete Carroll left a much bigger mess than Jim Harbaugh. I think of the three, like I said, Jim Harbaugh. I don't think left that much of a mess. And now, one second, let's. The NCAA might disagree with you, Pete Carroll. You know, there were like they were they suffered like 60 scholarship limitations, 20 self-imposed and then 40 by the NCAA. I mean, they that, that was that's just, my point. No, Pete Carroll left a bigger mess. OK, OK. I thought you said the opposite. I mean, that that's just short of SMU. When you start taking away 
40 scholarships by demand and there's already 20 gone, you can spread them out over six years if you want. Four years, I think, is how long they spread them out over. But, Caleb, that's a big number. I mean, that's, I, that's a quarter of your football team. Yes, I agree. Pete Carroll left a much bigger mess than Jim Harbaugh. And the Pete Carroll-Lane Kiffin debate is the fair debate. I'm saying I don't think Jim Harbaugh left that much of a mess. I think the NCAA is going to give Michigan a slap on the wrist. I think they're going to be able to keep their national championship. They'll have a few scholarship reductions for a year or two. Let's think about the timing of when Jim Harbaugh left Michigan, too. The reason he left for the NFL job now, I'm just going to say it. I think he did this. He waited till classes started at Michigan, I bet, to make sure those players were kind of would have a much harder time transferring and had to go through a spring. And um, if he, I don't think you and I discussed that. I don't think he would do that to look out for his school because I think he's a me guy. Um, and I think the reason that he drug his feet a little bit is that he wasn't sure he would get an NFL job, but he wanted to get the right NFL job. And I think he did that with Justin Herbert being a young quarterback. So I disagree with you a little bit on that. I think that he had his contract extended out to February the 15th because the buyout was more significant if somebody came and hired him away. Um, so I don't know. But if he did that, he's a dastardly no good bleepity bleep because, listen, you can go get rich. You can leave as a coach. But if you waited for those guys to enroll – so that the University of Michigan, who you've treated basically like trash, and they've treated you like trash, and you put 18-year-olds' futures on the line, that to me is distasteful, Caleb. You? Oh, it's absolutely distasteful. I mean, this is what they do all the time, though. Before the transfer portal, Hugh Freeze tricked all the old Miss recruits for stay, into staying with the class in 2016, I believe, by throwing Houston Nutt under the bus. So that way, by the time it came out that they were lying on Houston Nutt and Ole Miss had to pay a defamation penalty, it didn't matter. Those players were locked into Ole Miss. So, you know, we've seen that before. So I, I even though, even though if they transfer, though, I'm just, I'm, I'm at the level of, to wrap this up, I think Jim Harbaugh, I think Michigan will actually be okay. Um, largely because also, let's just call it what it is. I think Ohio State is about to be on fire. So I think that because of that, I think they'll be okay. And I don't think Penn State will ever have the talent. It's, as long as they hire a competent coach, I think they can continue yeah. to win at a high level. And by but the way, that's the biggest mess ever left. That is the biggest mess ever left. Let's not forget, Ryan Day does get a lot of talent, and he beat Michigan for a long time being a more talented team. So if they get an average coach, Michigan could be on the short end of the stick. Smoky Mountain Red says, I think he waited without a doubt. Um, I I think he was playing it for himself. I don't think he was playing it for the University of Michigan. His history would uh, suggest as much. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The University of Alabama adds a five-star. Wait a second. I thought that we were just blowing up that football program. I thought it was done. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. All righty. Alabama adds a five-star prospect written off too soon. 
I don't think so. I think that the University of Alabama is going to slip into mediocrity. I think this will be the beginning of it. I think that some boosters have realized they needed to pony up some money and they got some cash together quick to get a five-star prospect and to try to hold their class together. But I still think we are just seeing the march to mediocrity that is your Alabama Crimson Tide. And I believe it'll be a decade of mediocrity. Uh, I truly believe that because they had something special in Nick Saban, obviously, he would have done the same thing at LSU or Tennessee or any other school. It was not the University of Alabama. It was Nick Saban, in my humble opinion. Tell me if I'm wrong, Caleb Calhoun. And it's brought to you by Don Self. Customer service still matters. State Farm agent Don Self and his team take customer service seriously. If you're in the Chattanooga area, no other place to go. DonSelf.net, DonSelf.net. Off the hook approved. And be sure and support our sponsors. That's why we're there. Everybody wants to save money, but what happens when you send in the claim? DonSelf.net, DonSelf.net, 423-396-2126, 423-396-2126. Tell me I'm wrong on that, Caleb. Let me bolster the Alabama case first. Okay. So they still have the number two rated recruiting class. They just added five-star receiver Ryan Williams out of Saraland, Alabama. For those who don't know, that's where Valus Jones Jr. hails from. T. Martin had a very strong pipeline into Alabama, into that part of Alabama for a long time. Great, great recruiter in that area. Um, Alabama has started to offset their losses in the transfer portal. They have now, ever since they had the outgoing transfers, just the wave of all of them, They've added a few Washington transfers now. They added four-star quarterback Austin Mack, uh, four-star receiver Jeremy Bernard, and four-star interior offensive lineman Parker Brailsford. I'm willing to bet if you look at 247 Sports Composite, they still probably have one of the most talented teams in the country. And their transfer ranking based on 247 Sports right now, believe it or not, and this factors in who you've lost and who you've gained, with your scoring on 247 Sports Composite, is 28th. So they're actually doing better than a lot of schools. Now, they haven't upgraded. Now, now, now to be fair, that that's based on who they've added, excuse me. So they have lost a lot. So I think there's a very strong argument that, look, they're still locked in with the number two recruiting class for 2024. I think they'll keep that. But I'm with you. This is you a lot of put, players. You were playing a little devil's advocate there, weren't you, Sneaky? I was. I think. I think. I think the inroads Nick Saban made with a lot of players kept them committed to Alabama for a year. I don't think DeBoer is going to be able to make those inroads though with a fresh recruiting class. They. What's funny? We just talked about Lane Kiffin and Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley got a top ten class in 2010. That was because of the inroads Lane Kiffin made with a lot of those players, though, wasn't it? That he signed. Sure. True, true. And uh, listen, the, I think it's the next guy who has an opportunity because the money is there now that Nick Saban has built that program up. So I think that once the boosters figure out that they have to spend some money in NIL, and they're starting to, but I don't think it's going to save DeBoer. I don't think DeBoer is a great hire. I think it's a good hire. So I think it'll be the guy after DeBoer, uh, the next guy is who it will be. And he will be able to perhaps resurrect a program that has been mediocre winning seven, eight games. That's what I see Alabama becoming. I'm putting on my forecasting hat and I'm looking forward. I believe there are cloudy skies 
in the forecast for the Crimson Tide. So I'll say that. I think best case scenario, DeBoer struggles, is fired in four years, and the next guy has NIL money to spend and the logistics across the board and everything in place like Tennessee has before they'll be able to compete for championships again. I think it's the next guy. Here's where the danger comes, Dave. And this is a big danger situation for Alabama. The danger. I'm the danger zone. Dangerous. Okay, sorry. Um Kenny Loggins on me with a danger zone. If Alabama starts winning seven or eight games, given the expectation level at that program, the money's going to stop coming in before the boosters realize it. Because let's look, let's call it what it is. Alabama is they're going to be apathetic about a 10-win season. They just are because of what they've been dealing with. Okay, but I totally disagree with you about the apathy part. I think they've tasted what it's like to be great. And I think that in four years, when they get over DeBoring, that they are going to pony up big-time dollars. And let's not forget they have one of the top three athletic budgets, which is not exactly a reflection of NIL, but it's usually a pretty good sign that there's a lot of cash around, right? Yes, but they also have one of the top three stupid level, stupid booster collectives uh, in the country too. And I, I look, we're talking. Let's, you think they're going to learn their with, lesson? Can we go with ignorant? It's nicer, and I think it's more accurate. I don't think they've had to play the game. Caleb, wait, no, I'm going. I'm going to so go. Jacob, no, but- Warren, Jacob Warren told me to play Catan, and I played it on my vacation, and I was awful at it. Wait, no, I'm because I know what they did before <laughs> Nick Saban. I know. And you know it too. Boosters push the hires more than the athletic directors. They went through athletic director after athletic director, but the boosters kept pushing hire this guy because he knew Bear Bryant back in 1945. That is what they did for a good 26 years. They were so stupid. They thought all they needed to do to be great was just hire somebody who had like come into contact with Bear Bryant one time and Bear Bryant's ultra genius was going to rub off on that guy and that was going to make them great. And they spent 30 Nearly 30 years doing that until finally they got sick of it and they got desperate. And Mal Moore, to his credit, was shooting for the stars because he was down to Saban and Spurrier. And they basically said, don't come back without Nick Saban. And so I think that they didn't. But Dave, Alabama didn't learn from Ray Perkins. They didn't learn from Bill Curry. They didn't learn from Mike DeBose. They didn't learn from Mike Price, okay? <laughs> or Dennis Franchoni, okay? It took how long? It, it was a level of stupidity that they had. And so I think to be that stupid, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to throw the word stupid over the boosters because they genuinely think, they think things like, you know, the legacy of Bear, the legacy of Saban, or the legacy of Alabama outweighs what needs to be done to win in the current environment. That's how they think down in Alabama. And by okay. the way, that's how Tennessee thought for a long time, too. I will say that. They thought that way for the longest time in the 20s. Uh, Derek, who I appreciate his input in um, into our conversations a lot because I think he's one of our better posters. He says, uh, read his comment there if you can about DeBoer while I change my name from uh, Caleb Calhoun to Dave Hooker on the uh, board here. Go ahead. <laughs> Derek Owen says, DeBoer can coach, LOL. Y'all got to stop it. We will know if it's a lack of players or lack of coaching quickly. I actually don't think DeBoer I, I don't I actually don't think DeBoer is that bad of a coach either, Derek. Now nah, he's gonna be on my football IQ segment a lot next year because he makes a lot of really dumb in-game decisions. But I actually don't think DeBoer is that bad of a coach either. I think he understands offense. 
pretty well. But yeah, I I don't think he has a Josh Heupel offense that's going to maximize players' abilities. I think he's going to make some in-game mistakes, and he's not going to have the players to overcome it. We're going to visit with Josh Warden. Two minutes brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Hang tight because we've got a heck of a topic coming up. Why the Vols are uniquely positioned for a 12-team playoff under Josh Heupel. And what to expect, according to Josh Ward, out of those five-star cats that Tennessee has eight of them under uh, Josh Heupel. Eight. That's right. What to expect out of them. Two minutes. Caleb Calhoun, Dave Hooker, off those boards. Sand and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, BanksJones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Let's get to Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. Poor clock management on my part, Josh. We're a little late. I apologize for that. How are you, sir? Hey, doing well. Great to see you guys. Uh, great to see you as well. So, Caleb Calhoun, you know, can be a little crazy, correct? We all have a little crazy in us. That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. He thinks that Tennessee is uh, uniquely positioned. I bit my tongue. Why would you do that? I've had the tongue in my mouth for almost 50 years now. Why would you suddenly bite your tongue? Okay, so Caleb believes that Tennessee is uniquely positioned in a positive manner for a 12-team playoff. And I want him to share that with us. Josh's appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. I'll tell you more about them. Mention Off the Hook Sports. Get $500 off. So, Caleb, set this up for me because I want to get Josh's take. So, Josh, I wrote a column about this about two days ago, and 
you know, the whole, the long-term saying has always been offense wins games, defense wins championships. And that has always rung true in college football more than anywhere else, because in college football, offensive-minded teams are typically more guilty than not of stumbling to an inferior opponent at some point in the regular season that cost them a title. I mean, I brought up uh, Steve Spurrier. How often did Steve Spurrier in Florida lose to one really bad team that they shouldn't have lost to during the 90s? He only had one undefeated regular season. I mean, heck, the year Peyton Manning played for the SEC title was only because Florida lost to LSU when LSU was not good that year. And I said that would be the danger of Tennessee under Josh Heupel. It happened when they lost to South Carolina in 2022, even though we all knew they were better than South Carolina. I said the benefit of a 12-team playoff is that one loss for offensive-oriented teams like Tennessee is not going to be devastating anymore. It's not going to keep you out of the playoff. And once you get to the playoff, you have an offense that is very inconvenient for teams to have to worry about on a week-to-week basis in a 12-team playoff when they're thinking of, okay, we'll play a pro-style Michigan one week. We'll play a defensive-focused Georgia one week. Oh, now we got to run into Tennessee that's going to go run tempo the whole time, and it's going to totally throw us off our game. It's like the team in March that is just shooting red-hot from three that makes a run. So my argument is because of Tennessee's offense, they're positioned to overcome an upset loss here or there that's natural in the regular season because the playoff is 12 teams, and they're positioned in the playoff to beat teams that may be better than them because they're such a difficult team to prepare for when they're playoff caliber team. My moving company doesn't have as much to unpack as that. Josh, would you like to tackle it? Well, I do think those are fair points. Like with Tennessee's offense, yeah, that's going to be a challenge for anybody to try to prepare for. The postseason will offer a little more time. You have several weeks to get ready for that opening game as opposed to going Saturday to Saturday. So that will help the opposition. The stumbling block part, that that also is true. I just don't know that that's unique to Tennessee. Most teams stumble. That's how it works in college football and sports. Good teams lose to teams that are not as good as them. Does it happen more often for a team that's built the way Tennessee is? Perhaps, but I think that also can come back to overall talent like Tennessee doesn't have Georgia talent where it's trying to avoid a stumble it has good talent better talent than a lot of its opponents so I don't think your points are wrong I'm not sure how unique that is for Tennessee I think what you just said could apply to Ole Miss or if Missouri is able to still play at a high level can maybe apply there because they'll be favored in a lot of their games and they have a a much more favorable schedule so if they stumble they can still be okay but it doesn't mean that it the the new setup and the way Tennessee is built can't benefit from the new system. I'm just I'm not sure how unique it is for Tennessee compared to the competition because I think typically if we're not talking about Georgia or where Alabama has been, Ohio State stumbles against inferior competition should be expected. Okay, Josh, let me. Let me throw this at you, and a lot of our listeners slash viewers are just going to be like, Dave, you're crazy. I think the college football playoff loves Tennessee because of their style of play. They love Tennessee because there's so much tradition. Uh, They love Tennessee because it's a newish story. It's not like Alabama or Georgia. They've been dominating for a long time. I would argue that we've already seen the college football playoff show a little bit of favoritism 
to Tennessee. I understand finishing behind Alabama in 2022 is a sticking point, but I, I do believe that the college football playoff, if, if Tennessee's a 12 or 13 and Iowa, for instance, is the other 12 or 13, I think you'd rather have Tennessee in there because of their exciting offense. And let's face it, they're a more exciting program than an Iowa. Do you think that helps Tennessee? Yeah. Um, like if, if it's this past season's Iowa, I think that Iowa team actually probably just gets bumped back to like 18. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I know what their record I'm not was. Taking the, I'm not taking these teams just as far as a program. Yeah. Um, I mean, that Tennessee-Alabama point for 2022, though, is a real knock on what you just said, though, because they ranked yeah. Bama ahead of Tennessee. And there's also the injury to Hinton Hooker that would factor in. Uh, if you lose your quarterback, you're going to get knocked. Happened to Tennessee, happened to Florida State. Florida State was exciting. That's a big name that was back in the playoff discussion, and they got bumped out of the playoff because their quarterback was injured. So, I, again, I'll say that I think that helps Tennessee. I just I'm not sure how much. Like, if it's Tennessee – if it's Tennessee against a couple of other SEC counterparts, I think it'll come back to what are their resumes? They're not going to take one SEC team over another because one is more exciting than the other. I think they're going to take which team they think is more deserving. The The playoff room is a bunch of people from around the country that I'm not sure really care about what we're talking about as much as we care what we discuss. So like when people were talking about the, the the bias toward Alabama. I looked at the room of the college football playoff committee and I couldn't figure out who would have any personal interest in seeing Alabama have success and get favoritism. Like it didn't, what was being said didn't make sense. What was more likely is it was the bias against Alabama from people who didn't want them in. They were saying, oh, it must be other people that are biased. That's the funny thing about college football bias is uh, we have our own sets of biased thoughts that make us think that the opposite of, of that is also being considered on the other side. So I think what Tennessee needs to do is go be competitive in 12 games and probably win 10 of them, maybe go nine and three, but nine and three is risking it. Nine and three is a, a big risk. If, if you have that record and if you do, you better have a shot to win all three of those games that you don't win. I still think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think that Josh Heupel's offense being exciting but them having been blown out twice is going to do anything for Tennessee. So Tennessee needs to avoid stumbles against clearly inferior teams because that was the other thing that really hurt in 2022, not having Hendon Hooker, but also getting destroyed by a not good South Carolina team. That was problematic. When you lose by 25 to South Carolina, you lose by 29 to Missouri, you lose by two scores to a Florida team that doesn't reach a bowl game. You do that next year, I don't think they're going to care that you're exciting nine other weeks but but josh i guess that's where i met is right they're they're a little bit less talented but you know as offensive built teams again i go back to spurrier with eight eight out of 12 years at florida and he had this dynasty at florida in the 90s but eight out of 12 years he lost two regular season games so i get what you're saying where elite teams stumble i mean alabama i think nick saban was good for once every national championship team he had he stumbled to an inferior opponent at least once during the season that whole time yeah but I feel like offensive teams kind of can be more uniquely positioned to stumble more than once, at least from me kind of tracking them over the years. And so I, I do think when you're built by offense, I mean, you know, let's call it what it is. Bad, bad weather day that slows your offense down. And that could result in you stumbling for a day. You know, Mike Leach, 
I, I think he, he had a really good playoff caliber team in 2020, 2018 at Washington State, and they stumbled because they played Washington and it snowed. And that's I guess that's where I met with offensive teams. There are more varying factors that can lead you to stumbling as an offensive team than as a defensive team in college football, even though defensive teams still, still do some stumble. Tongue twister. Well, how, how many teams are truly defensive teams now? The ones who win national championships, yeah. <laughs> Georgia, no, 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 Michigan, no, like what, Alabama. Like the, the the teams recently that have won national championships were dominating on offense. Georgia but was I dominating think, on. They're bit. They're great on both sides, but I like the idea that Georgia was just built on defense. That's not what happened. LSU in 2019 was out of this world. Alabama in 2020 was out of this world. So. I, like just built on offense, yeah, you're going to stumble because that means you're not that good of a, a team. That's what that means. If you're if you're elite, if you're among the elite teams, then you're less likely to stumble because you're a great team. If you're just built on offense, but you're saying uh, that you don't have a very good defense, so that means you don't you just don't have a a very good team. So you're going to stumble whether your strength is offense or defense. Well, it's right? also the way. It, well, also think about the way you well, structure your practice really hard. Right, but I, I would say, and, and Dave can actually attest to this, uh, can jump in too, but again, the reason I bring up Spurrier is the way you structure your practice. I mean, uh, Josh Heupel is considered the modern-day Spurrier, and both were much more, you know, they're they're more focused in the week of practice on making sure things get right on offense and just make sure the defense be complementary. How, how about we, for a second, tweak offensive with physical? Okay, even though Georgia... Yeah. I mean, I think that's the difference. And I know that Josh Heupel is steadfastly against um, fighting in practice, which used to be a once-a-month occurrence when I covered football practice. So I'm not saying that makes you less physical or less soft. I actually think there's a lot to be said uh, for it. But, Josh, I think physical might be a better word than defensive in this era in which offenses are giving so many advantages because of the rules. Yeah, uh, Tennessee needs like Lance Hurd coming in. I think the the biggest strength I've heard about him is that he plays mean. That he would cause fights in practice at LSU because he'd play through the whistle. That's what you want to hear. He's very talented. He's a big guy. He's a five star prospect a year ago. But the way that he plays, I think not having Cooper Mays out there. We talk about how he runs the offense. That's probably the most important part. But the way that Cooper plays, the way that Javante Spragans plays. They need that kind of mindset on the offensive line. I'm also, again, I'm not saying um, that the points by Caleb are wrong at all. I'm just, ten Tennessee hasn't reached a level yet of talent to where we shouldn't expect stumbles. And yeah, I think that's, I don't think that's unique to Tennessee either. I think most fan bases, they look at what their team is and they see the upside and don't consider as much of the downside. I was, I was caught off guard earlier this week when I saw online the amount of Tennessee fans that were upset at Greg McElroy for giving Tennessee only a 15% chance of reaching the college football playoff. twelve Having a 12-team playoff is easier than four to get in. Doesn't mean it's easy. It's still going to be a, a big, big task to get into the college football playoff. It's still going to take a lot to get there. And I, but we had a lot of, we had a lot of response because we ended up bringing it up on our show after I saw it. And a lot of people said, well, Tennessee can't do worse than nine and three. We were asked who who's capable of beating Tennessee besides Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And it's like who's capable? Well, 
this is college football. This is how it works. Like as good as you are, you Georgia almost lost to Missouri two years ago. Didn't happen, but they were fortunate to get out of there with the win. And that team was dominant, but you can stumble. So Tennessee still needs to add more talent to make it less likely that some of those inferior teams don't get them. But you, like NC State, that could be a loss. I think Tennessee will be favored. I think Tennessee will win. But again, Florida last year, I know the history of the rivalry there, but that team was awful. And they yeah. beat Tennessee by 13 points. Josh, you know, I respect you, but I thought 15% by McElroy was absolutely insane and low. Insane? He's, yeah. Go I talk to odds makers. Go ta- talk to odds. Like, I, I think it's a little lower than they're going to say, but yeah. the odds are going to be close to that number. I would say it's probably more like 25%, like a one. Well, I was going to say, okay. I was no, going to say, how is that 30. insane? 15 to 25. I, I was going to say 30. So maybe it's not insane, but that's double the chances. He, he said that he thinks Tennessee's most likely record is eight and four, maybe nine and three. And I'll bet you the majority, close to all odds makers out there, will say eight and four, nine and three is most likely, maybe 10 and two, which is exactly what Greg McElroy said. But I, I think there's also this. I think a lot of people fully expect that nine and three is in the playoff, and that's not true. Nine and three might get you in, but if you're going nine and three, as I mentioned a moment ago, you're going to need a little luck to get into the playoff, most likely. Portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, the Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com, RickTerryJewelry.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Josh's appearance is brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. And they also bring you Four Downs, which we get to right now. Brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas, the showroom in Athens. And, yes, they deliver. You buy a tub there. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. Tennessee has five five star prospects. So what should we do before we jump in the spa, Cooper? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. All right. Eight five stars. What will they be? What down, Coop? Coop here. First down. Thank you. All right. What five star will be the best that Tennessee has signed, not named Nico? I'll start with you, Josh. Uh, Jordan Ross. Interesting. Okay. What about you, Caleb? I like Jordan Ross. I almost was there, but I'm going Mike Matthews. Um, when I saw his speed in the Polynesian Bowl, I think that this is a rare, rare talent there. 
Fair enough. And do we want to, Caleb, do we want to quickly uh, run down the eight five stars? If you can pull those up before I remind people that you can go to Athens, check out your spa. And they've got spas that are on special all the time. Mention off the hook sports. You get $500 off amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and nobody will ever notice. So go ahead, dynastypoolsandspas.com and you can order your chemicals there and you know there's no filler, so they'll take care of you. What down now, Coop? Wait, you want me didn't you want me to read off the five stars? I'm getting to that part. What uh, down now, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. Okay. What five star will be the best right now? Walks on campus, most ready to play, not named Nico. So go ahead and give me the list, Caleb. But those All right, so we we're and some of these are retroactive five stars, which is to say if they were to enter the portal, they'd be a five star. So we're looking at uh, Nico Iamaleava, Lance Hurd, David Hobbs, George McIntyre, Mike Matthews, Brew McCoy, James Pierce Jr., and Jordan Ross. Okay. Of that group, other than Nico, who do you think is uh, most ready to play, uh, have an impact that walks on the campus right now? Oh, sorry. I, I wasn't considering Pierce with him entering his third year. I mean, he's the answer. He's he's their yeah. top All-American candidate. Other, other than, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. Other than Nico and Pierce, excuse me. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. the answer. <laughs> so I'll take the guy that's the, the the favorite to be the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, so wait, what about, wait, should we throw Bru McCoy out the window too, though? Because he's not incoming either. Should we do yeah. newcomers that are five stars? Yeah, let's just do newcomers. Newcomers. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. Well, then if I can go first, I'll say Lance Hurd. We know he's going to start. He's going to start at a very important position. He has a, a head start on guys like Ross and Matthews, but still has to prove it just like those other guys do. Heard was a backup at LSU behind talented players in their own right. So I'll say Lance Heard coming in to start at left tackle. He is he is being brought up brought in with the message very clear. We're going to compensate you. You're going to be our guy. You're going to help lead the way on the offensive line. All right. Give me Caleb. Give me yours. It's Josh took the words out of my mouth. It's obviously Lancer. Like there's not really even a debate here. You guys surprised me. I was going to go Nico or James Pierce. You just. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Peyton, to be honest with you. Peyton Manning. He's a guy that's flying under the radar. <laughs> I think it, I think it is hurt. And if it's not, it's probably a little bit disappointing. I do like what you said about Jordan Ross though. And I know Josh has some, uh, a pretty good insight. All right, uh, what down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. Well, which of these guys, if any, are you concerned about that might not live up to their five-star rating? And you can say nobody, Josh, because we haven't seen enough of them. Even David Hobbs maybe has fought a little bit under the radar, but he still was a great, a very good player as a freshman on the defensive line, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but which of these do you have? concern about the five stars that that Tennessee has gotten out if you don't care I'll go first and I'll okay. say George McIntyre because you could have a situation in which Jake Merklinger wins the job so he could come into a bad situation but it's not a rip on him I think he's a great player what about you Josh um McIntyre's probably right he's also the the furthest out he's at the position where you got to be the guy or you don't get on the field like Matthews I just and and this is a big positive for Tennessee. This is a big positive for Tennessee in that I feel pretty good about all of them. And I, I feel good about McIntyre. That would just, he would offer the biggest concern because, you know, like Merklinger is just being cast aside this week. Like forget about that guy. And he's, <laughs> he is. he's still a talented player. You know, like um, here, here's a comparison. I'm not saying this is how it's going to play out because again, people should be high on George McIntyre, but 
Carson Beck was cast aside at Georgia because they got Brock Vandergriff. And Beck just said, okay, well, I'll just stick to what I need to do to try to be prepared. And he ended up winning the job. So it, it can play out that way. But back to what I was uh, alluding to there, we've seen a lot of five stars in the history of Tennessee come in and it didn't work out for a number of reasons. And these guys still have to prove it, to be clear. Lance Hurd, Matthews, Ross, Hobbs even, they still have to prove it. But I feel really good about them uh, and what they're what they're going to be able to do. I think some consistency within Tennessee's program probably helps if we look back at the most recent five stars. You never about know about injury luck because that's part of the story of some of the five stars not working out at Tennessee. So you never know about that kind of thing. But I feel really good about the group, and I think there's a potential immediate impact with some of the younger guys. Pierce has already proven himself. Nico has already shown – yeah, we should be confident in what he's able to do. Now he needs to build on the Citrus Bowl. So McIntyre, I think, is the obvious answer just because of the position he plays and how far out he is. Okay, Caleb, you, before we get to fourth down? I'm actually going to say the biggest concern is Brew McCoy of five stars. We don't know how healthy he can get, and I think it's a big deal that he comes back, but I think Brew McCoy is a it's kind of a concern. Now, the concern for the state of the program, it's funny, who we just said would be the best is Lance Hurd because, guys, i got to be honest with you, if Lance Hurd's not the best of everybody we named, then Tennessee's got a serious problem in 2024. Like, a, if they have a problem in 2024, Josh Heibel has a serious problem running the program because he's gone all in for 2024 as the launching pad for what he's trying to run at Tennessee. All right, so fourth down, I'm going to ask you this, Josh, and that is what non-five-star incoming high school player, not a transfer, are you most excited about? Josh's appearance is brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. In 30 seconds, Josh's answer. Having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty pools and spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. It can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. All SEC Center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. All right. So that wasn't quite 30 seconds. It was a little bit longer, but there we go. Um, the, uh, the guy that you're most excited about from a Tennessee perspective that's not a five-star that played high school ball this past fall is Josh. Dave, before I answer, I'll I'll ask you a quick question. Hmm? Do you know why ghosts make terrible sports fans? All the boos. They always boo the home team. Yeah, that's that's good, Josh. Is it your dad joke thing? And, and the fans are going to be booing a lot because Boo Carter is my answer. Oh, Four you st- took my guy! Four-star you- stud. I believe starts out in the secondary and, and can have tremendous success there. I have been intrigued by the idea of offense, but fans will also see him with the ball in his hands as a returner, I believe. So Boo Carter is my answer. That was going to be mine. Knock, knock, boo-hoo. Caleb, what about yours? 
You know, you guys both said Boo Carter, and I was going to say Boo Carter, but I don't like agreeing with you guys because uh, I like. There's to, always a wrong like side to... to hop on as well if you want to. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I said yesterday. Actually, funny enough, uh, Josh, I think we're really underselling Peyton Lewis coming in and taking over the starting running back role. I'm just gonna say it out loud. I don't think Dylan Sampson is capable of being a full time running back. I think he's good for being an all purpose back to get chunk yards, but. If he can't pass block now, he's never going to learn it. He's either too lazy or he just can't do it. And he might be too small to be able to take the punishment regularly. So I think Peyton Lewis might immediately be the starting running back. I'm going to go off topic. And I'm going to say that it's uh, Caleb Beasley. I think because we've talked about a lot of these other guys. And as a corner, he's kind of flown maybe a little bit under the radar. But if he's truly a four-star, then maybe he can come out. And, uh, and that is your him. worst take ever, Dave. And I'm not just saying that because Caleb Beasley doesn't like me. But. Yes. I don't know why Caleb Beasley doesn't. Oh, that's right. He didn't. He was going to come on the show to rip you. We'll have to do that. Uh, Josh, what do you think of Beasley? And also, by the way, we were asked um, do, 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 if I can be called Uncle Dave by your children yet. Have we decided on that? So creepy. I didn't mean it to be creepy. Now you're making it feel creepy. You know, Caleb's expecting too. So I'm... I am looking for ways to be Uncle Dave, which he thinks is creepy. I don't know what is wrong with his mind, Josh. Uh, yeah, you could be creepy. I don't know that being called Uncle Dave is creepy. Uh, I thought the, <laughs> the the requirements on that were were pretty simple. Five twenty nine investments, baby. That's what we're, That's what we're right. looking for. Yeah. Would you prefer some to the college fund or Christmas to make it a little easier on the Ward family? Uh, we have several families. Uh, we, we got Christmas covered and then some, we have to hide presents that come. So we're good on Christmas. Thank you. Okay. It's, it's right. a, yeah, it's a good problem well, to have, but yeah. we'll, we'll uh, supply a link below where you can donate to uh, Josh's children's college fund. How about that? <laughs> uh, Josh have a, uh, a fantastic uh, day and everybody's thinking that I'm creepy because uncle Dave. I'm not like the guy from Family Guy. <laughs> not like that guy. <laughs> I, would, I would hope not. Certainly not. I hear that, my dogs. All right. Josh, get your rear out of here. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Josh. Have a fantastic show, noon to three on the Sports Animal. He's the best. And also, you're on the uh, the monster there up in the Tri-Cities. Yep. So, uh, from Knoxville up to the Tri-Cities, you can't miss us. AM640 is the signal for the sports monster up there. So uh, hello to everybody that tunes in in the Tri-Cities. It's great to be up there too. Look at what this crew's calling me. Creepy Uncle Dave? That's not me. Okay. All right, Josh. Uh, have a blessed day. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Josh Ward of the We're Sports Animal. Is that a creepy Uncle Dave? That that really hurts my feelings a little bit. Um, Darnell Wright, Byron Young on the Pro Football Writers Association all-rookie team, why Tennessee is growing in recruiting, and they're growing fast. We talk a lot about NIL, sometimes to ad nauseum, but I'm not so sure that Josh Heupel needs NIL nearly as much as he did just about a year ago when he got that guy named Nico. Portions of the program brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions, leadership experience specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, also making your children safer. 
one school at a time, heraldgrp.com. We're in private schools now. We want to be in public schools. So talk to your school administrator about Herald Group Security Solutions, your workplace as well, Herald Group Security Solutions. I'm going to go ahead and tell you next that Tennessee doesn't need NIL cash like they once did. And it's been proven via news, and I'm going to prove it to you next. You're not going to have to dole out seven digits to get a quarterback ever again. And I'm going to tell you why. With Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker, Off the Sports. Two minutes. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. Total bullshit. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. We'll do it, Coop. Let's get rolling. While the balls don't need an aisle like they used to. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones. Tennessee's trial attorney. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win. Banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, here you go. While the balls don't need NIL like they used to, let me start with George McIntyre. He was offered a scholarship and not $8 million like Nico was. You had to do that to get Nico to change the overall feel and trend of the program, but you didn't have to do that with George McIntyre. And you're not going to have to do that with incoming high school players moving forward much. You're going to have to promise them enough to be comfortable, but you're not going to have to give them $8 million. That's just not going to happen. And why? A couple of reasons. I've mentioned Tennessee's culture. I've mentioned that Tennessee has facilities, but as Caleb has pointed out, doesn't everybody in the top 25 or so have about the same facilities? Probably 
There might be an elite one or two there at Alabama or Oregon for different reasons. But now how about player development? How big of a factor is that? Darnell Wright, Byron Young, get selected uh, to the Pro Football Writers Association all-rookie team. Tennessee and Alabama are the only two schools with two all-rookie NFL players. By the way, um, there's a guy named Hendon Hooker who, if something happens, could be leading a team into the Super Bowl. But uh, there are enough guys right now, especially with Wright and Young, that Josh Heupel can point to that, like the Saban discount, and say, I can get you to the NFL. Why are you worried about NIL? Caleb, I think that's huge, man. I really do. It is. It is very huge. Now, here's where there's a difference between Josh Heupel and Nick Saban. I don't think with Josh Heupel, it will be an across-the-board thing. I think it didn't matter the position you played. You could have been a a long snapper, and you go play for Nick Saban, and you think you got a shot at the NFL, right? Yes. And Yeah. It's not going to be that way with Josh Heupel. You You will always have to use NIL to get defensive backs at Tennessee. You just will, as long as Josh Heupel's there. You'll always need NIL to get... There's a few other positions where you have to get need NIL to get certain players. But actually, defensive back is the biggest one where you'll need NIL, no matter what, because of the way this this team is structured. However, what Josh Heibel can but let's be clear. I'm not saying like in a super elite guy, yeah, you might have to divvy out cash, but 99% of the guys, I'm just talking about a living wage. That well, you well say, no, wait, hey, what I'm getting at is go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the, they're not going to take a hypo discount if they're searching for an IL to play defensive back. Well, then they can get to stepping. <laughs> no, I okay. really, I, I mean that. Listen, if you don't see Tennessee for the culture that they have, and if you don't see Tennessee for the potential that they have, and the fact that they're now producing NFL players, then get to stepping. That's wait, what Nick would say. That's what Nick Saban would say. Hold on, let me finish. That's what Nick Saban would have said. That is what I guarantee you Kirby Smart would say. So get to stepping. Is is there a once every three years guy that you feel like you got to have that you got to match money with? Maybe, but I'd rather have that money to go get transfers and to keep my guys like Cooper Mays and all the guys that stayed on campus. So listen, if you don't like it and you don't think Tennessee is good enough for you without NIL cash, Get to step. Okay, let me get. Okay. If NIL is not a factor, Tennessee will never, has never been able to, and never will be able to have the level of talent that Alabama had with Nick Saban or that Georgia's getting under Kirby Smarter that LSU had in the 2019 team or that the Miami teams got in the 80s and the early 90s. Ever. Their peak in that type of talent was the 90s. And it was impressive in the 90s. Don't get me wrong. It was very impressive. Wasn't what Georgia has been doing the last two years, though. Not even close. Okay, so let me put that out there. Defensive backs, what I'm saying is this. The hypo discount comes for edge rushers. Byron Young is who we bring up. Hypo discount comes for edge rushers. Byron Young is who we mentioned. I already said they're becoming edge rusher. You, because you're going to have a chance to shine playing in hypo system because of the defensive scheme they run. So James Pierce is about to do it. Jordan Ross. You're about to see a typo discount for edge rushers. I think you're already seeing it. And Dave, you probably know you're more tied into the program than me. I think you're already seeing it at receiver, aren't you? 
Yes. Yeah, you are seeing the hypo discount at receiver. And quarterback. And quarterback. You are seeing the hypo discount at quarterback. And I think Darnell Wright's a big deal because I think you're going to start getting a hypo discount at offensive line too. Especially tackle. Yes, exactly. So I do think you are going to get a hypo discount at tackle, quarterback, receiver, edge rusher. You might get one start going forward. I mean, it's possible you get one at running back. I mean, there's other positions you'll get it. I don't think it's, but it's position. It's a case by case basis. It's not like Nick Saban. There is not a scenario in the future of Tennessee under Josh Heupel where a defensive back will look better than he is playing for Tennessee. That's not going to happen. You okay. will always look worse than you are playing for Tennessee as a defensive back. Always. I am, I am talking across the board. Colton says Martinez discount. Uh, talking about Willie Martinez, the defensive backs coach. I'm sorry, I almost went up my call yes. for real here. That yeah, he should probably offer them some of that money back. I'm, I still wouldn't be surprised if there's a change after signing day. Just FYI, uh, that's why you need to watch the whole show and not just the clips because we'll offer you some insight. So don't be surprised if that happens. Uh, but I'm talking across the board. I think NIL changes and adapts in the coming years. I don't think you're going to be bidding on players as often from high school in general, whether it was Nick Saban, whether it's a new guy in Kayla DeBoer building it at Alabama, whether it's the new guy that Washington hires or uh, whoever, I don't think you're going to be bidding on those guys as often. There may be a special quarterback now and again, but I think the money's going to be spent for keeping your players. I said this in the get, it will all work itself out. I am a capitalist, I'm a free market society guy, and I'm telling you, it's working itself out. So the guys like Keenan Pilly, Cooper, and I know Keenan Pilly hasn't played a lot, but Cooper, the guys like Cooper that have proven they can do it at the collegiate level are going to take that NIL money across the board. So if somebody wants to step in and they have to build a program by spending $8 million on a Nico, do it, do it, I get it. That's what you got to do, but you don't have to do it forever. And if you continue to have to have success recruiting high school like that, then you're not going to have success as a head coach. You better be able to offer something because if you continue to gamble, Tennessee either did a perfect job of evaluating Nico from what I've been told and how he's played and, um, that was going back to last year in practice. They did either did a perfect job of evaluating the young man, or they got lucky. And a little bit is luck. You could show up on campus because the limited contact you have now between coaches and prospects and be a bust. He could have. He didn't. What if they had $8 million tied to a guy who's not nearly as good and the Merklinger guy suddenly is putting Nico on the bench? You're not going to be able to take those gambles and those risks over and over and over. The money's going to be for transfers and your current players. The market is settling. I'm watching it. Dave, you just made, brought up a great point, though, and I never thought about it. Look, my 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 theory still stands on where Tennessee's going to have to spend the NIL money, even in the transfer portal. In the transfer portal, they're going to have to spend it on defensive backs. Okay, but here's what here's something I just thought of. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be a cycle. It's going to be borderline impossible to have a long-term dynasty in college football in the near future, isn't it? The way Alabama did. And here's why I want to bring that up. You're right. Once you reach that level of Alabama or Georgia, they're going to spend their money in the portal, right? They're not going to spend it on, on, they're not going to gamble on prospects. Right. Right. 
Okay. You know who will you know who, who will gamble on prospects? Who? Programs that are being built that coaches are trying to build. When, exactly. And and so what's going to happen? Those coaches that are trying to build, their those programs are going to start having the better recruiting classes, but not the better portal classes. Exactly. Okay, so like let's take Hugh Freeze for instance. Uh, Hugh Freeze, year number one. I bet he's overspent on high school prospects in the portal, and I bet he doesn't care because he can tell them to get the heck out of Dodge if they don't play well. But you can order some hookers for him and get him in trouble that way. That's true, and we're not going to call it the brothel. My wife uh, denied that. Uh, I think we're going to call it uh, Hooks Hangout maybe. Uh, We're we're working on that, a way for you to win great prizes. But that's for uh, another day. I I like Hooks Hangout. Do you like that? Caleb, we're workshopping that. As Only if Ed Orzeron can can like do a promo for it. Oh, yeah. Well, I can do a good enough impression. All right. So <laughs> so Hugh Freeze's, where is Hugh Freeze's class ranked right now? Let's go ahead and pull that up. Which, which of these classes could be overly inflated from the high school level because guys are spending money at the high school level? Listen, if I'm Josh Heupel, I say ask anybody. Ask the Cooper Mays guy. Ask uh, – Nico would be a bad example. Ask anybody that's proven it, and they'll tell you you're going to get paid at Tennessee if you prove it. You don't. I don't have to make you a promise that you're going to get paid, and you don't have to make me a promise that you're going to be a great player because the proof is in the pudding. It is going to happen. So, I think the I think the days of paying big time dollars to high school prospects are over um, not unless no it, and, unless they're not you're right you're right unless it's a program that's trying to rebuild so which of those programs would that be that would be auburn and where are they now they are number eight now you're telling me i and i got a lot of respect for hugh freeze's recruiting ability okay not not the man all right okay but you're telling me that auburn suddenly without overpaying high school prospects is eighth best in the nation bull. I don't believe that. I think they overpaid high school prospects and it could create an issue just like it did at AM. Let's get your retort on that. It's brought no, to you I, by the Hemp House, I'm the sorry. premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Use the promo code hooked. That's hooked. Go to hemphousechat with two T's.com. Hemphousechat with two T's.com. In other words, Caleb, I think that Josh Heupel has weathered the new coach storm. I think that's in the rear view. No, I'm with you on that because what you're going to get, here's what's going to happen. You're building a program. You need to open the NIL checkbook for high school recruits. You've built a program. You open the NIL checkbook to keep your players and to add portal players. And then you sell that you sell what you've done to say, take a discount to come play for me because I will get you to the pros. I will get you your money. I agree with that. All I said to you, Dave, is they, let, like I said, there's no discount. If you're taking, if you're a defensive back and you're taking an NIL discount, you never take it. I would, if, if my kid is a defensive back in 18 years and Josh Heupel is still coaching, I'm not telling, I'm not, I'm, I'm telling my kid, don't take an NIL discount for Tennessee because you're, it's, you are, you are literally hurting your future as a defensive back who's a, a elite prospect to go play at Tennessee. The system makes you look worse than you are. Can you at least give me that? The system that Tennessee runs makes defensive backs look way worse than they are. Totally agree. Yes. 
So you don't take an NIL discount to go play for Tennessee if you're a defensive back. You take it to go play for Kirby Smart. You take it to go play for Nick Saban back when he was there. But you don't take it to go play for Tennessee. But wide receiver? Yeah, you'll look better than you are as a wide receiver. And take an NIL. Go play. Look, I'm going to say it. You should go play for Tennessee for free if you're a wide receiver or an edge rusher. Because you... You're still getting a scholarship, by the way. You're still getting a scholarship. And if you're worth your salt, you will be a first-round NFL draft pick and have some guaranteed money coming out because of... I think think Tennessee is past the growing pains of having to rely on NIL. Um, I I truly believe that. And um, so we've got some hookers place might be a good one for the new group in which you can win. I like hooker, I still like hooks hangout hookers hangout better than hooks place. hangout hooks hangout. Yeah. All right. It's all right. good. Hooker uh, house. Um, <laughs> hooker house. Yeah. I, I think that's called a brothel. Everybody. And Travis says, everybody's going to call it the brothel, but you're going to have an opportunity to win great stuff as part of this. And we're going to have some balls deep in the hooker house. It's <sighs> exactly the reference, but my wife made that she didn't want us to become. So thank you for doing that. I'll get to hear about that a little bit later freeze um, who you freeze will accidentally show up <laughs> That's true. i mean i i think tennessee is i think tennessee's at that point and they should be and you should be very happy about it because it's not sustainable to go out and pay eight million dollars now if jordan ross or james pierce if they want a hundred thousand okay fine if they want two hundred and fifty thousand, okay fine that's like you and me picking up a round of beers caleb I'm fine with that, but to heck with these seven-digit payouts. That's just not going to happen anymore. It's time for This Day in uh, Balls History, and it is brought to you by our very good friends at Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Tennessee Smokies. Use the promo code HAT, that's HAT, to receive some free swag on your cider order available most anywhere in the United States of America. So what do you got this day in Tennessee sports history? So 18 years ago today, Tennessee had just entered the top 25 at number 19 in basketball because they beat number two and undefeated Florida in an epic game that you probably remember, Dave, when the fans came to the court. Yes. It was Bruce Pearl's first year. Tennessee got back into the top 25 at number 19. They had been in the top 25 earlier in the year at number 23 after beating Rick Barnes in Texas, but they bounced out the next week after they lost to Oklahoma State. Here's why this is significant. This night, they go as a top 25 team and beat Mississippi State 88 to 65. It was the first time in five years they had won a game as a top 25 team because of the collapse that happened in the 2001 season under Jerry Green, and they never cracked the top 25 under Buzz Peterson in four years there. Michael Jordan's namesake could not get them any votes uh, right. to be a top 25 team. That's very funny. Portions of the program brought to you by Andy Mason uh, Real Estate, andymasonrealestate.com, real estate experts with over four decades combined experience in East Tennessee, best prices, best service in the Knoxville area, andymasonrealestate.com. That is uh, this day in Tennessee sports history. And then we get to a topic that I'm going to need your help on because uh, Caleb is going to jump all over me. And it hurts. And I know that's what Caleb's going to do. But I think some sanity needs to reign over our group here. And by the way, no offense, but we have well over, uh, 
we have well over into triple digits watching currently and i've only got like 20 likes so can you do me a favor and hit that like button i would greatly appreciate it take one second and turn those notifications on that way you would have known about david cutcliffe that was on the program yesterday okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. David Cutcliffe. Uh, he wasn't on the program, but it's taped, and you can go watch that. Uh, talked a lot about Todd Helton. Some things I didn't know. David Cutcliffe grew up a big Yankees fan. Uh, David Cutcliffe liked baseball more than football. David Cutcliffe cried when Todd Helton was inducted to the NFL, excuse me, the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's two Hall of Famers, uh, obviously, that he's coached, and it'll be another with Eli joining Peyton Manning, and I'm sure there are others I'm probably forgetting. But the question comes about Todd Helton or Derek Jeter. I am a Yankees fan, and I I know that that fandom can sometimes get in the way. Uh, But, Caleb, you think Todd Helton is far better than Derek Jeter. Let me phrase it this way. You're building your baseball team, and you pick one guy to start your baseball franchise. Is it Todd Helton or Derek Jeter? Your answer brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million Sports Treasures. And they got some really cool Yankee stuff there, too, by the way. So much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia. They have daily updates. So go to Facebook.com. Follow on Sports Treasures TN, Sports Treasures TN. Hit that follow now. All kinds of follow stuff. But Jeter and Helton stuff as well. So tell me why you think, and I want to hear from the message board. Paul says that was an amazing interview, Dave. Thank you very much. The Orange Lot District is a good name. It's a very good name. Um, all right. So let me ask you that. Um, Caleb, the uh, you, you're taking, I know you're going to take Helton, right? So on the surface, and it's going to be the reason I'm going to say Helton is better than Jeter in a minute, but based on the question you asked, I would never take either to build my team around because I think power is more uh, base hitters. Number two hitters that just get on base are the most, one of the most unimportant players on a baseball team. So I always take power over hitting. So I wouldn't take either if I'm building my team to start. I'll just put that out there. But between the two, I am easily taking Todd Helton. Easily. No player in professional sports has been more artificially inflated to be mentioned among the the goats more than Derek Jeter has because he played in New York. Okay? Derek Jeter is more artificially inflated than Eli Manning is. All right. I'm just going to say that out loud now because, and I'm just going to point this throw out the rings. Cause I don't care about rings in baseball. We all agree. That's the most intellectually dishonest thing you could do is judge a baseball player by rings. Given the fact that like, it's such an ultimate team sport and you can only impact the game so little and throw out intangibles, actual production on the field. Todd Helton was a better player than Derek Jeter. His OPS. Great. Yeah. Todd Helton's OPS was 953 for his career. Derek Jeter's for his career was 817. Yeah, that's right. 817. Now, some of you might come at me. 
And you might say, well, Todd Helton spent all that time in Colorado. Well, first of all, playing at Yankee Stadium, old or new Yankee Stadium, ain't that much harder for offense. It's one of the most offensive-friendly ballparks there is. Very true. And, Very true. And also, away from home, Todd Helton has a higher OPS than Derek Jeter. Todd Helton is – his career away from home is 855. Derek Jeter's is 801. Todd Helton was better away from home than Derek Jeter. Todd Helton has a better OPS on the road for his career than Derek Jeter had at home for his career. Okay. Here's what I think Derek Jeter brings that I, I don't think that Todd Helton brought to the Colorado Rockies, and I'm not ripping him because he didn't bring it. He didn't have the opportunity. He wasn't in those clutch moments. I, I believe that uh, Jeter brought that sense of calm in clutch moments. I was I was talking to my son, and when that Chiefs game started against the Bills, I said, boy, I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes even on the road. And I know it was a missed field goal, um, but that still would have just tied the game. I think Jeter brought that. Would Todd Helton have brought that in more playoff situations? I'm not sure. But I think you would have to give me this. When it comes to playing big in the playoffs, Jeter gets the check mark there, right? Not just because of opportunity, Caleb, because he came up big in the playoffs. I mean, he came up big. I can't take that away, but I hate that playoff argument because Helton only got there four times in his career. Or he only played in, no, only twice. He only played in two playoff, four playoff series in his career. So it was smaller sample size. And those Yankee teams were loaded. Can you, All five World Series titles the Yankees won with Derek Jeter. Can you look at any of them and say if Derek Jeter wasn't on that team, they're not winning those titles anyway? Yes, Honestly. all of them. I think. Oh, all you of are them. crazy! You're insane. That team, that yeah. that pitching staff, the the Royd infused pitching staff with Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens, okay, was loaded. And I would say Derek Jeter was part of more choke jobs than he was actual winning. How come Derek Jeter couldn't rally the Yankees to hold on to that 3-0 lead against the Red Sox in okay, 2004? And wait, 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 wait. How come Derek Jeter couldn't oh, rally Mariano Rivera to close out the deal against Arizona in the 2001 World Series? How come Derek Jeter couldn't rally his team to beat the Marlins, a significantly inferior team in the 03 World Series? And you guys are going to cut. And by the way, I swear, if one of y'all comes at me with the whole, but he made that he made that glove flip and that amazing play from shortstop to make the out throw at home. Derek Jeter, statistically, was one of the worst fielding shortstops baseball ever saw. Okay? He had no business ever winning any gold gloves. Now, that's because that's what people will bring up at me, that he played shortstop and Hilton. Well, now, that's, that's also debatable because his quickness got him to balls that he didn't he wasn't able to gobble up. There, he helped, but he did not have an arm, and that was a problem. Derek Jeter was honestly the, – the most ridiculous thing the Yankees did was let A-Rod play third – was let Jeter stay at shortstop while A-Rod played third base. It should have moved Jeter to second and A-Rod to shortstop because A-Rod was a better shortstop than Derek Jeter in the field. He was. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue he was a, he was a better all-around physical player. I think there is something to be said for having that leadership, and I go back to Todd Helton. Todd Helton was an incredible leader for a guy named Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning – cared about learning from Todd Helton uh, while he was still at school. And I encourage you to check out that uh, David Cutcliffe interview. He was um, huge. He was a, a leader, and David Cutcliffe said he'd rather be known as a great teammate than a Hall of Famer. So I'm not trying to sell Todd Helton short, but I think there is an intangible leadership. Now, you may think it's worth less than I do, but I think there was an intangible leadership 
that Derek Jeter had. But if you just want to talk numbers and baseball is a numbers game, man, I can't match you because Helton it's disgraceful are. that Derek Jeter got in first ballot, setting a record margin, and it took Dot Helton until his sixth year to get in. I, that, I will not argue with you there. Like, and by the way, Andrew Jones should be in too, and he should be in over. He should have gotten in with a higher number than Derek I think Dale Murphy been. should be in. So if oh, we start should. comparing guys to guys, I'm not going to argue with you. But because Derek Jeter, like, I put Derek, myself in the minority and maybe throw myself into the lion's den. I would take Jeter to start a franchise over help. If I Dave, I think you are a victim of covering football too much. I and this is what I mean by that with covering football and covering the '98 team, where leadership had a huge role in Tennessee winning the national title. I don't think leadership's a big deal in baseball. It's such an individualistic sport. The only person who the only person who's who actually has to be somewhat of a leader is the catcher. Okay, yeah, because they no, and I well the pitcher too. He's got to control the tone of the game. No, the pitcher it, just focuses on him. The catcher has to focus on the pitcher and the and and and, and, and the entire infield almost. But the pitcher to have a calm demeanor. But not not to get caught up on that. You're you're a little bit younger than me, so I wanted to ask you this: How do you remember? And for those of you that Hooks Haven is a good one. Thank you, Carl. Um, for the brothel is still tough to be for those of you that may be a little bit younger. How do you remember Todd Helton as an athlete? Because <laughs> he basically was, uh, Ernie and Bernie to the baseball team. I talking to David Cutcliffe, there was no question. They thought he could play at the sec level in football. He did so because he loved it. We talk about, so, but he knew that it was going to be baseball. We talk about some of the most beloved balls of all time. With what Helton did, passing on the Padres in the second round in 1992, playing for Tennessee, saying, I want to play football too. When you know he wasn't going to be an NFL guy, and Heath Shuler kept him on the bench. And when he got an opportunity to play, and a Hall of Famer pushed him back to the bench. Man. I just think he's underrated the more research I've done as a beloved volunteer with people that are under the age of 40. Quite frankly, not to call you out. Trust me, I wish I was your age instead of mine. Well, I mean, it's again, you can't that it's hard to judge baseball players versus football stars. I mean, there's so you know, you kind of but who you, are the most have to, but who are the most beloved balls? Like football balls. Condridge because of what he did, right? Peyton Manning because of what he did. Those were the two. That Reggie got White. The, Reggie White uh, because he's an in-state guy. I mean, we're talking more than just production. Like, you can't just throw out, say, like an Eric Ainge and say he's one of the most beloved ever because of that. We're not just talking about or Casey Kloss, and he's not for some reason because he's from California. But, I mean, the top three should be Condridge because of – what he was able to do in race relations. And I'm sure he was called a million things. And one of them started with N I'm sure during his time at Tennessee, which I absolutely hate. And you have Peyton Manning who came to Tennessee. So there's that extra of turning down Ole Miss, his dad's school. And he came back for his senior year. You have Reggie White, who's a local guy in state guy and turned out to be one of the players that was the best ever in the NFL. So you have those intangibles. With Todd Helton, to me, he should want to be one of the most beloved football players because the way he mentored Peyton Manning and the fact that at the same time, his intangible is he made Tennessee baseball the most exciting it had ever been until, what, two years ago. 
Dave, you sold me. You sold me. Todd Helton was more valuable to Tennessee football's run in the 90s than Derek Jeter was to the Yankees World Series titles. I'm sold. I'm, I'm totally sold. Todd Helton meant more to Tennessee football's run in the 90s than Derek Jeter did to those Yankees World Series titles. Totally sold. Um, and I agree. I mean, and by the way, also, and here's the thing, with the College World Series that they went to in 95, who's going to debate that Todd Helton was the driving force for that College World Series team? Now, that doesn't always mean everything. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, he pitched, too. I don't know if, yeah. you, if you remember I actually that. I know that. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he was it. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to say that he put that team on his back, but he put that team on his back. Yeah, he did. He carried he, them all the way. I think they were a game away from playing for it. And I, I mean, more than the only one who came, the, the only one who, who, the only one who came close was Chris Burke did kind of carry that 2001 Tennessee team. Remember that? I mean, Chris Burke single-handedly got them, but yes, Todd Helton absolutely even more so carried that Tennessee team to the college world series. And you're right. He did it all. I mean, borderline what, he was borderline Monica Abbott, but for baseball, which is much harder to do than it is in softball because Monica Abbott literally was the only player on that team and got the Lady Balls one game away from winning the whole thing. But yeah, no, Todd Helton is – I'm not – look, I'll be honest. If Peyton Manning wasn't there, are we so sure that Todd Helton would not have been a good quarterback had he started at Tennessee? Well, he was eventually going to give it up for baseball. I talked no, but about what that. if he chose to play quarterback instead and he became the starter? Are we – I mean, I, I – could he have been an NFL caliber player? Yes, because he had vision. He threw with threw with his fingers, threw with touch. Um, kind of the opposite of Joe Milton. Um, to be real honest with you, but I always get accused of that. Iron sharp, sharpens iron. You're absolutely right, Derek. Everyone have a, a fantastic afternoon day whenever you're watching. We appreciate that. Before you get out the door, please click on the thumbs up button. We appreciate that. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Oaks Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.